Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, Jordan here with the Startup to Scale podcast and very excited for today's conversation with Miles Powell, who is the founder of 8 Miles, a line of frozen mac and cheese, plus some other stuff I'm sure coming down the line. Miles, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jordan. Pleasure to be here. So I know I gave like a quick one second overview, but would love to kind of hear your story. What's the brand? What's the product? Yeah. um, So I'll start with the story. You know, I I grew up in an environment with a family where the dinner table was more than just a piece of furniture. I mean, it was it was everything. Uh, It was the host to some of my deepest memories with my family growing up. And so it was super impactful. Got older, went to college and studied civil engineering got my butt whipped for four years, graduated, really excited about getting my first full-time job, first paycheck, right? And then about a week into that into that job, I looked at the clock and I said, this doesn't feel right. You know, I, I, I this doesn't feel like, this is not where I saw my life headed. And it doesn't feel like there's no passion here. I don't feel that comfort that I feel around food, right? And so at that point I said, you know what? I'm gonna do something. And I, I kind of gravitated naturally to where I feel the most comfortable, which is the kitchen, and started cooking a lot. I mean, a lot. And I uh, started a food blog, and that food blog actually got me on the Food Network on a competition series. Did horrible. Uh, I got. I mean, I flopped pretty pretty hard on, t- on his own TV as well. So there's that. Can I? Uh, uh, can we still find this episode? It's on Amazon Prime, on Prime Video, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was kind of a train wreck. But uh, I came home from that show and I said, like, this is it. You know, I want to I want to share my love of food and family with the world. And so I started eight miles about about nine months later. Awesome. And that was what, right somewhere in like 2015 or so. Yeah, about 2015. Well, that's excitement. As you know, I know very well, you know, my family as well, the the heart of every kind of family gathering ends up for us is in the kitchen. Like while people are preparing the food and getting everything ready, right? Like the living room was basically dead. Maybe the kids were playing in there, but everyone was in the uh, in the kitchen hanging out. And yeah. you're right, like those memories around food and family and, and people coming together are, are so powerful. And so excited for, for the product. Um, tell us a little bit about the product, like why you can start with mac and cheese and, and um, you know, frozen and kind of talk about that journey. Sure. So we started out actually making barbecue sauce back in 2015 and did that for a couple of years. And back then I was in very, you know, small number of stores. I was doing a lot of farmer's markets and listen, the farmer's market circuit's kind of grueling, right? Because it's a lot, a lot of work. And I remember at one point, it was like a Tuesday morning at 9.30, I'm at this table selling sling sauces and no one's buying sauces because it's like six degrees outside, right? And I'm like, this doesn't, this isn't working out the way I thought it would. But I noticed people are buying things they could consume on site or bring home and eat. So I said, you know what? I'm going to pair my sauces with something people can eat. And I just kind of went back to where the items that I love and mac and cheese was like a number one option. So I started serving mac and cheese, in particular Buffalo Mac, people loved it. And they said, you should sell your mac and cheese. It's like your core, core product. And I said, you know what? I like the idea because if I want a mac and cheese that reminds me of home, I can't find that in grocery. 
I said, well, I don't always have time prepared, but I want to make it so someone can get that same level of comfort at grocery stores. So that's when I decided to start selling mac and cheese and, and freeze it so that it was convenient as well. Man, for, uh, for my family, that would be a dangerous undertaking because people fought over who's going to make the mac and cheese and you got grilled if, uh, if your mac and cheese wasn't up to par. My brother actually was the one that, that made the best mac and cheese for like the whole family. Now I come from a big family. I have 12 aunts and uncles and about 60 cousins and actually probably now it's up to 80 to keep doubling anyway we uh you know so that was like one of the the main dishes so um that that sounds good man but you know like one thing a lot of our listeners or other founders i know this hasn't been a a straight journey for you um in growing the company as you even kind of have pivoted to different products talk about some of the the challenges along the way I tell you what, and this is something I recently kind of overcame. It's it's the mental challenge, right? I, I think because so I'm an engineer since I'm an engineer by trade, I love problem solving. But doing this over time really takes a toll, um, especially someone like myself who's the solo founder. You know, you go through a lot of emotions trying to scale a company because you get hit with so many setbacks, and there's it's not like studying for an exam where you go okay I didn't study well enough I've got a bad grade it's like at that moment you're giving your all and you still kind of fall flat and you know there were times when I was like man I can't do anything right and it was like every time I take two two steps ahead it was three steps back and so um it's been a lot of trying to find balance and learning how to focus and that and that's and that's really really critical you know I've I've overcome a lot of setbacks, but as when I began to focus on really my mental health doing this, number one, I got my confidence back. And number two, I looked at things in a different lens. I looked at things like, if this doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. That allows me to think more clearly and I'm still giving it 300%, but at least it's not, I'm not frantic, I'm not panicky. It's more it's like a, it's like a, it's a, it's a good pace. Right. And that's been, that's been really critical for me, especially this year. You know, that's, that's really important. I see a lot of founders suffer through this. And frankly, like when I was running my brand T-squares went through the same thing where I began to associate my company with my own self-worth. And if the company was successful, that meant I was successful. If we failed or had problems that was like a reflection on me as a person. And, And that's hard when there's so many things that you can't control in terms of if your your journey going to be you know successful or not. And for everyone, every single company um, out there has ups and downs. And as you get bigger, the highs and lows just keep getting larger, right? They never go away. They just keep getting bigger. Yeah, exactly. And then and plus, I mean, social media is social media. And so when you look at these stories, you see all the successful stories. And if you're in a position where you're you're going through a challenging spot that can also take a toll because you're like, what am I doing wrong? But at the end of the day, everyone's doing something wrong, right? It's not like there's no one out there that's just like hitting home runs every time. So you got to put that in perspective too. And also like, you're going to be stronger because of it. Like I've learned so much this past year about the business, about myself, just about the industry in total. And so like, I wouldn't trade those mistakes for the world because they actually helped me out. Yeah. Another thing that I see founders thinking as well is like, you know, some founders go into their businesses all in, they like quit their job. Other founders will uh, kind of work and kind of build the company alongside working. Um, I know at one point, I think you said you like had to go back and like work for a little bit, right? To, to make money because the company's not going to pay all your bills. Yeah, definitely right. And that was back in 20. So 
I first quit my full-time job in 2017. And at the time, like looking back on it, I didn't know how to run a business yeah. or scale a company. And so I quit because I was chasing the allure of being a full-time entrepreneur. Like the thought of the freedom, I was, I want that in my life. And, but when I got there, I was like, now what do I do? And so living in DC, I mean, my pockets just got drained instantly. And then, you know, I ended up picking up three part-time jobs and then that didn't cut it. So I was like, okay, I might as well get another full-time job. But when I got that job, I was like extra motivated because I said, okay, I, I've scratched that itch of being a full-timey and now I have a better understanding of what I have to do. And so when I quit later and down the road, I'll be in a much better position. So um, actually I did quit about a year ago. So three, three years after I would jump back into full-time work. Nice, man. You know, and that's something that I want to, to normalize for founders listening and who are out there is that there's lots of paths to growing your company um, and choose the thing that's going to support you and your lifestyle and your mental health. When I, um, when I first started my, my first business, it was a meal kit company. Um, I quit my job full time, but then money, you know, we weren't making enough money or the money we were making, we're putting back into the business. And so yeah. I ended up driving for Lyft at the time uh, for like a year, right? Just like to make some money on, on the side to be able to, to pay um, basic bills. But, you know, it was hard. We, I had to, and did that for like a year and then finally we got enough money to kind of keep pouring a little bit. Um, but it, it's challenging out there. Super hard. Um, you know, now coming out of it in kind of this year, I know there's like supply chain issues, there's kind of growing in retailers and it's the industry and landscapes all over the place. What's it been like over the last year for you growing eight miles? So we we have grown tremendously despite all of that, but that's had its own challenges. Um, you know, we, and it's funny, we started growing when the pandemic started. So like, I have never experienced growth without crazy times. <laughs> that's all that I know. And it's just been lesson after lesson after lesson, like learning how to navigate, learning how to speak with others in terms of like just industry folks about how they're, how they're operating, because you learn a lot from other entrepreneurs too. It's very easy to kind of go siloed and go, I'm going to focus on what I'm doing because my way is right. There's a lot of people in the same boat as you. And I learned a lot about networking and leveraging other people's expertise and trying to find the right path for, for me. Um, and now I'm getting, I mean, I'm getting into things now that two years ago, I would have said, I don't know, I don't want to waste my time. Things like, you know, pulling data about my consumer base, which sounds basic, but as an earlier stage company, you're not really thinking that way. Um, thinking about, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to a, a guy who works at a, like a fortune 500 company and I was describing my problems and what I'm doing. He's like, you know, it's hilarious. He's like, and these board meetings, they're talking about the same thing. And there's like a team of 20 people trying to solve this problem. And you're one person trying to solve it. And Doing then everything me, else. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that makes you actually feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride, man. You know, we've grown 300% uh, year over year. You know, now we're in like 1200 doors. We were in two years ago, we were in 50. So it's like, you know, it's, it's been a great ride. Like I said, I've just learned so much. That's good. What are, um, what's it like managing those 1200 doors? Because I know, you know, going from 50 to 1200, you know, 50, you kind of keep a, a handle over, but 1200, it's like, geez, like, how do you, how do you manage what's going on and make sure that you're in stock and keep those relationships going? That's one of our biggest lessons. Honestly, we had start, we grew too fast. 
And I, I kind of like realized that earlier this year because I had to pull back. I'm like, wait a minute, like we've been chasing top line revenue and, and growth from a distribution standpoint, but I don't have the capital or the manpower to really be successful and beyond this many spots. And so we said, all right, let's 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 figure out how to be successful where we are before before getting more customers. Because that's the you know that's the exciting part, right? Like meeting buyers, pitching, them saying yes. Like it's naturally what you want to do, but it's very important to make sure you can handle that, right? It's like, it's like a kid that's graduating high school wants to go right to the NBA. Cool, like that, yeah, you're gonna look at that paycheck and be like, I'm ready, but are you really ready for that kind of that style of play? You know, so um, we've, you know, we've kind of done a deep dive into the brand and to our go-to-market strategy to see it like, this is exactly where we wanna be. So Miles, I know about a month ago, you had this like pivotal moment that changed your whole outlook. Can you talk about what that was? Yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned growing really fast, right? And that kind of revealed a bunch of mistakes that we've made in the past couple of years, it kind of compiled, right? And kind of hit this critical mass where I was like, I don't know what to do. And it really started to affect my mental health. I mean, I was like, not enjoying other things. Like I, I kind of felt like losing myself a bit, right? And um, one day I had to go back up to Philly where I'm from for a funeral. And right before the funeral started, I ended up, I was on a conference call for work and it was like a really, one of those really ugly calls. And so I was like in a really bad, bad mood. And uh, the person who had passed had a crystal collection. And I guess part of her uh, decision-making when she was gonna pass, but she's gonna give out that, that collection to people in her, in her family. And so when I got to the funeral, my mom handed me the crystal, it was all wrapped up. And she said, open it up when you get a chance. I said, cool, put it in my pocket. After the funeral, um, I'm a part of this accelerator program uh, hosted by TXO. And during this particular class, we had a guest speaker that did mental health. And this and this guy was talking about meditation. And I'm like, you know, I'm listening to him talk about it. And I'm like, that sounds great, but how do you shut your brain down? Because I think that's impossible. And he goes, well, think of it this way. Um, imagine your brain is a monkey and that monkey is in the forest and you're, you're, you've got the monkey on your shoulders. And the monkey is naturally uh, trained to grow, go up the tree and grab a mango and come right back. He said he does it every single day. Now imagine one day you wake up and you tell the monkey, hey, don't go grab that mango. What's the monkey gonna do? He's gonna grab the mango because it's all he knows. He did the same thing with your brain. You don't tell your brain to stop working or stop thinking. You just, you just teach it how to focus. And I said, that was interesting. And I'm, now I'm thinking about maybe I should start to you know, meditate a bit. Things are a little rough, right? I go home and I'm like, oh, the crystal. I reach my pocket, grab the crystal. It's a monkey. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and, and literally that moment, I took a deep breath and I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change things up a bit. And so I started to meditate. I started to enjoy things outside the company a bit more and just focus, like, like really focus and, and kind of like go about things of like, like you mentioned, like not feeling like mistakes were tied to me personally. And I'm telling you night and day, like my anxiety dropped crazy low, sleeping better. Like it's been, it's been a wild ride. I'm really glad to hear that because that makes a huge difference on, on 
your ability to keep going. And, you know, I, I know other people say this as well, but I've experienced this myself, right? Like if you're building your company for the end destination, you are going to burn out so fast and it's not going to be worth it if you don't enjoy the journey. And exactly. so always make sure you design the company and the business so that you're enjoying every single month, every single week as much as possible. Right. Yeah. And there's some, there's going to be down moments. There's going to be times you don't get accounts. There's going to be times that you do get accounts, but make sure you design it in a way where you're doing the things that, that bring you joy, that bring you balance and knowing that the, kind of day to day of the journey is what's going to be most impactful. You know, even when you yeah. look at successful founders, ones that sell their companies for millions of dollars, a lot of them will jump back in and do something else and start another company because even if they have money, they're like, what am I going to do? Like, I didn't start this company really to just make money. Like I built it. And I was successful because I loved doing it. I loved, enjoy uh -huh. I enjoyed it. And so always kind of build your company in a way that you enjoy yeah and I, I i preach on and you know that's in, in real quick too i i started i started to reflect on the journey itself like where we were four years ago like i remember specifically walking into a grocery store looking at a shelf and being like i'm going to find a way to get on the shelf right and i think it was a target and then now that we and you know now we're on target. and i get it almost I don't, I, I don't think about it often because i'm just kind of going through operations day to day but sometimes i'll sit back and go like that's pretty nuts like you know out of all the brands that are existent right now, like we're one of the few that are on this shelf right now. And so like, when I look at that that way, it like gives me that kind of, it levels me out and I can be proud of that moment and, and kind of just like focus on that. And I'm like, cool, like, all right, now, we can, now we've got that, conf that, that confidence back. Miles, I know you've been on this journey for a long time and I see you going to really great places. So wanna wish you the best luck. I can't wait to continue following your journey and appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate it.